Welcome to the Lost Cause Podcast. I'm your DM, Josh Wilkinson. Here with the news. No, I'm not. I'm here with my friends, and those friends are Lexus. But honestly, if you were here with the news, I'd be really worried as to what news we're delivering after running into God knows what in the desert. And I'm here with Jade. Yep. Uh, it's me, your co-host and anchor, Jade Pagan. Uh, I hate this show, and I will quit soon. Uh- <laughs> and with the weather, it's Harris. Ah, Halcyon State Race. We've got a mild, dry heat that's going to be consistent forever. I really, there is just no real reason for me to be here. Um, if you see, there's a high-pressure system. It's going to remain high. I don't know what that means. Anyway, it's sunny out. And last but not least, with sports, it's Kale. Hey, team. Uh, sports have been cancelled due to the extreme heat and all of the fires everywhere. Um, uh, on on other news, um, you know what? That's That's not my category, so I don't know. Ask someone else. <laughs> Incredible. Two really, <laughs> two really defunct parts of the news there. <laughs> uh, Weather in the desert and sports that's been cancelled. <laughs> it's just too damn hot. It's too hot in the desert. <laughs> With Now that you're informed, uh, it's time to move on to the review review. Harris, what have we got? Breaking news, this just in. <laughs> Another review review has come through again. Uh, if you want us to review your review, um, then review us on iTunes. You can do it on Spotify. You can send us a message on our socials at Lost Cause Pod. You can email us at lostcosepod at gmail.com. Or you can get into our Discord, which is a very fun and exciting thing, which I think we forgot to mention last episode. Saved it now, though. Anyway, this review comes from our good, good, good friend slash enemy, Scott. (laughs) Um, And Scott has sent us a selection of emails in the past, uh, regaling us with the tales of of potatoes, of a singular potato, but this, things things have been bumped up a notch, team. He sent through five, six, seven different photos of potatoes. Um, all over the show really and it wasn't until when i saw these um i didn't really click but then when when josh saw them they they did click because these potatoes were placed uh with the stealth and accuracy of a ninja all over josh's home (laughs) amazing (laughs) absolutely amazing i feel like we need to set the scene yeah please please. who wants to who wants to lead this this story this news story. As a bystander, as a bystander who saw all perspectives, I'll volunteer. Uh, we sit in Josh's house, me, Josh, and Lexus, three potential witnesses that saw nothing. <laughs> Playing board games, having a good time, gets a little bit warm. Lexus goes outside for a vape, as you do, and spots a potato on the banister of Josh's steps. Confused, Lexus yells inside, why do you have a potato on the banister? And Josh comes out, witnesses the potato, and we search the rest of the outside of his house for, I think, a total of 
seven is it seven six or seven potatoes enough to make <laughs> a decent mash for all of you <laughs> they honestly i gotta give them credit they were they were placed in some ingenious places i mean the one on the banister not so much but you know it's what tree it's it's what centers on the goose chase the rest of them they were pretty good I cannot stress this enough. He did this while we were all in the house. By the window. By the window. We were just sitting, we were sitting at a dining room table, facing away from the window. And he placed these potatoes masterfully without a single one of us noticing. They were not there when we arrived that day. They showed up after we'd already been there for hours. One was on your car, wasn't it? (laughs) Nope. No, it was on Josh's Josh's Mom, car. Mum's car? Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big car guy. It was on my car. Truth or lie. Huge car guy. You don't have you don't have the ring. You don't have the ring. Yeah. I don't need on, the ring, buddy. It was on the Lambo. Um yeah, it, yeah, it was super hard to find all those potatoes in the mansion that Josh lives in. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. He managed to get them all the way up to the fourth floor. It was wild. Um The crazy thing about Josh's house is that it is a uh an accurate description of it is exactly the same uh, tower that Lamb Talis is in. <laughs> a giant bit of veil. Uh, it's really strange. Yeah, it keeps intruders at bay when they're like, oh, like, you know, most houses might have a dog. I have a cloud that uh, destroys your memories, um, which is why I was extra surprised. And two dogs. Yeah, and two dogs. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, to bring, bring, it, bring it back. Bring it back. All right. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, that's incredible. What do we want to review this? I mean, this sociopath, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, if you're out there, if you're listening, um, there like aren't Santa enough Claus. skateboards in the world that could that I could offer you. Um, so, you know what? Give me your bank tail details. I'm just going to send you all of my money because you deserve it. <laughs> um, cheers, man. Like, honestly, that's incredible. And teach me the ways, please. Man, if I knew that was the prize, I would have potatoed someone's house a long time ago. Yeah. Kale does only have $2, though. So, uh, You know what? $2 hey, is $2. Man. Hey, hey. It's still my life he, savings. He spent all his money on skateboards, and I don't know if he's got that across to anyone yet. Yeah, for every review of you, he sends that amount of skateboards to the person. Yeah. I do. Yeah. It's just a warehouse. Um, full of skateboards it's gotten to the point where i like i can't afford normal size skateboards anymore so i've just got a whole bunch of tech decks (laughs) man those people that got in early must be chuffed yeah Yeah. they're really good by now i i want to give a huge shout out since being being one of the people that was there and got hoodwinked by this i i agree with harris it was it was very stealth it was very ninja. But I'm gonna I'm gonna raise this a little bit and I'm gonna give you an assassination trophy. Because with these skills, my man, I think you're wasting your your talents in normal day society. Just I'm just gonna leave that hanging there. Just saying. Um I'm gonna give this uh I, I think that this is fantastic. <laughs> it's very funny. It's even funnier because I t- tangentially know you, Scott, with you know. I, you know, I wouldn't invite you to my birthday party, but we'd have a drink together. Um, and I know that you're a dad 
So I'm going to give you uh, the dad of the year trophy because creating space for yourself to do dumb shit like this uh, will only make you a better father. It does show incredible also, time management. Or or not. <laughs> I mean, if, if... Hey, you don't know. Maybe he brought his kids along for a family potato trip. Yeah, who, yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, we didn't hey. see, so... It's nice to have you back, Scott. I have to give this uh, hysteric tears of laughter. I witnessing this fold, uh, un- witnessing this fold, witnessing this <laughs> unfold firsthand was like a fever dream. Uh, I cannot express to you how. <laughs> Sarah's got him. <laughs> it wasn't a spit take. I was chewing ice, and it was too big okay. for my mouth, okay. so I had to spit some ice out. Well, that's some that's good acting there, Harris. Teacher. That's some real good acting. Look, you can hear me chewing on the mic. Man, you got loose teeth in your mouth. That's gross. <laughs> oh my god, all my teeth are falling out. God, the yes end. Gentle is so expensive. So incredible. <laughs> Back on track. I. There was never a track. There, no, there wasn't. But having to go through that and then seeing the email after we'd already found all of the potatoes <laughs> was the funniest thing in the universe. Uh, and I cannot congratulate you enough. Well done. I. <laughs> Boy, what do I say? Um, I think this gets four thumbs up, Tim. This gets both of my thumbs and, uh, and both of Scott's thumbs. <laughs> the least enthusiastic. <laughs> you know what? That's the amount of praise. Uh, that's the amount of praise Scott deserves. Um, I, a little, there's an asterisk here because not only did he do that, but I hung out with Scott the very next day. And while we were hanging out, I caught him trying to put more potatoes <laughs> around the house. <laughs> but this time he was that inside is the, the house. That is the dedication we want. <laughs> <laughs> the potatoes are coming from inside the house exactly so he uh, yeah unequivocally has earned four thumbs up he's incredible well, the, the, so uh, what you guys need to do to get four thumbs up is break into Josh's house <laughs> no it, it's vampire rules you have to be invited into the house and then you have to hide free things for me in the house that's how you get four thumbs up like, name one other podcast where you can hear about vampire rules in relation to placing potatoes, and you won't find one. If you no. want to send us a review or a potato, Josh's address is... Uh, <laughs> wait, <laughs> yeah, no, it no, is one-to-one Puaha Desert, uh, just above the ve- cloud of veil. Um, look for the Lambo outside. <laughs> Jay, like Jay we've been given one. an address. Write it down. Yeah. <laughs> Got um, it. Yeah, you can send us an email at lostcastpodgmail.com. Get on our socials. You can review us on iTunes. I think people have been reviewing us on iTunes, but for some reason it ain't showing up. I think I'm on a broke iTunes. Steve Jobs is rolling in his grave. Uh, Or jump in our Discord. Um, Or Spotify. Or do the things. You know. Come on, guys. You know now. Shut up. And if this, for some reason, happens to be your first episode, get used to Harris telling you to shut up. <laughs> if this is your first episode, write us a review about why you started at episode 35. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I would love to read that. 
Yeah, me too. I don't How's need it context. going, please? <laughs> I, I pick up books and I start in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I start in the middle and I don't finish them. Anyway. Review time? Uh, <laughs> review time? <laughs> we just did that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> A weird Guys, I gotta sense get of deja vu <laughs> washes over here. <laughs> Uh, I believe it's time for our recap uh, journalist, recap journalist on the scene, Lexus, take us away. Coming to you today from the Waha Desert, in the last episode, we managed to finish running away from the giant cactus, as it thankfully gave up following us after being pelted with fireballs continuously. After a little bit of a dispute, I'll say, between Halcyon and Crixia, they finally managed to reach their destination. Tria managed to see that something was a little bit off with the farmers and discussed this with Crixia to keep an eye out. Everyone then headed upstairs while Crixia stayed to keep Forsyth company and the team met Lam Talith, an unusually quirky Pentorum member. Uh, let's see how this goes. Lam Talith having... Uh, mentioned the odd group of people that have walked in has a large smile on her face she is beaming her hands are open wide as if to embrace you into her space but she's waiting for a response it is uh wonderful to be here in your um in the aura of your excellence uh, oh great pentora member and halcyon will take a knee He's not falling to both knees because he gets the vibe she ain't like that. Tria will bow, but will not get onto her knees. Sweet will also bow. Oh, you are all just so adorable that, uh, you know, I, I don't get a lot of Bodians in my lab or goblins for that matter. Or, and her eyes linger on you, Tria, or whatever you are, whatever you have going on. It's just so fun. But yes, I understand that you're here for work, so we should move the conversation along. How familiar is everyone with arcanical contraptions? <laughs> How familiar am I? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I do not know anything about such amazing contraptions in which you speak well, I know about the arcane but not contraptions I know about trinkets do her, you want some trinkets her eyebrow raises as you say you know about the arcane squeeze oh well doesn't that make you fascinating come closer little body and come over to me do I have to I would appreciate it okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go closer. Uh, she pulls out uh, from her pockets um, what to you just looks like a collection of glitter. Um, she claps it into the air, exhales, and as she does, she breathes this glittery dust towards you. I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom save, you say. That's right. Very good, very good. Yes, yes. Uh, 23. 23. Nice. 
you feel the sensation. It's very brief, but there's a moment where you feel so relaxed. It's as if the day has cooled. It's as if you've found a nice bed to crawl under. As the sensation fades, you feel again in control of your faculties. Would you like to speak a little more on what you mean by you know of the arcane? I've just heard, you know, a bunch of things about it. Curious. Roll me a deception check, Squid. Fuck. (laughs) Oh no, I lied and have to roll. (laughs) 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 It almost doesn't matter what you rolled. (laughs) Really? Yep. Tell me anyway, but... Uh. I got a 13. She got a 26. Technically, technically, I was telling the truth. You were telling the truth? But she knows that there's more to it. There is something that remains unspoken. That's what she picks up on. He is a a wizard, um, but he does have a license. Uh, Oh, great. Uh, Yeah, see? And I'll pull it out of my pocket and give it to her. Oh, interesting. You see her eyes dart across all of the individual lines of this contract, and then she hands it back to you. Well, adorable. I love this. It's not often that you find a Bodian, let alone one who is familiar with the arcane. Well, the fact that you have any knowledge of the arcane might make it a little bit easier for me to describe the things that you will be doing. There is beneath us, perhaps you noticed, an odd cloud that sits beneath my office. Yeah, what's that about? We did notice. It's kind of hard to miss. It is an unfortunate side effect of some of the alchemical calculations. But don't worry. It is not harmful. Now, what I need is for someone to head down there. Truth or lie on that one? Truth or lie? (laughs) Truth or lie on that one? (laughs) The ring is the coldest you have ever felt it. (laughs) I just just wanted to make sure that she was aware that that is very dangerous. Cool, good. I assumed as much, but nice to have it checked out. Now, beneath us, there is a laboratory of sorts. As you imagine, I cannot do everything from up here. So what I need you to do is to head down there and restart two arcanical contraptions. I won't get into the history of it, but think of it as practical long-term magic. That is what arcanical means. It is powered by arcane, but it is also mechanical. Arcanical. The things that we have have been acquired from a small place called Ozrad, not important. But from Osrat, I have acquired things called fans. Think of them as a, a collection of swords that rotate very quickly. And what they do is control airflow. And unfortunately, because those fans aren't working, what that means is the sort of chemical residue has built up over time and just left a cloud. Uh, And as you can imagine, that cloud can make it a little difficult to work, especially if you're dealing with chemicals and everything looks black or white. So, it's very simple. All I need you to do, this little 
Oh, what an adorable little collection of people. I need you to head down and just reactivate the fence. Sounds simple enough. So, uh, just to clarify, we have to go through this uh, hazardous cloud. Oh, it's not hazardous. Although not hazardous, you said. Sorry, yes. you did say not hazardous. I understand it looks a little intimidating, but I, I promise you, it's fine. And and how will we? Is it? Is it? Do we need to fix these fans, or is it simply turning them back on? Well, uh, they have a sort of charge. Uh, I believe that. Uh, there may have been some interruption in the process. Uh, all you will need to do is to find uh, their label. There are big red levers, metal. You just grab one, you pull it, that will restart the fan. Um, you will have to do both of them. Otherwise, it will just sort of swirl around in there. It won't actually fix the problem. Can I ask what sort of chemicals you're working with? <laughs> no. I, I won't then. It's top secret, little Bodian. Oh. Uh, well, if you could just provide us with, um, I don't know, a, a plan, like a step by step how to get this sorted, and then we'll go and do that. Of course. It's like written down, so. Uh, she rips a piece of parchment inks a quill in a flash and she starts to jot down she draws first of all a very very basic map of this lab it looks kind of like an arrowhead is the easiest way to describe it uh and i'll show you guys what it looks like again it is deliberately a very simple drawing and then i can send a picture of it to you later it looks like that okay Don't yeah look. very arrowhead kind of vibe Seems like, yeah. It looks like a bad tag. <laughs> like someone's done it under a bridge with a shaky hand. Uh, Just the for the listener. little arch at the top is the tower you guys are in. Uh, and then the arrowhead beneath is the lab. Uh, the lab has five floors. She continues. You will need to make your way to the fourth floor. Uh, as you can see, it's split into two. Uh, in each side, there is a fan that will need to be activated. So all you have to do, get to the fourth floor, pull on the lever, that will activate the fans. Um, and this uh, non-hazardous gas that is through the entire space? Oh, of course. I'm just thinking about yes. visibility. Yes, yes it, okay. uh, it might even be a little denser because there is not a lot of fresh oxygen down there, so... It'll be a lot denser down there than it is up here. Um, now, it does, from my understanding, it does cause short-term minor confusion, but as long as you are quick, you should be fine. There will be no long-lasting consequences. Um, just, a, just a query, and please, I, um, I don't mean to question your judgment, um, but... If this job is as simple as you say, why why uh, call upon us and a favor of of Vidya and not just get your uh, the field workers to? Oh well, there you may have noticed as you were walking through the fields. I watched you approach. They're old 
and find it difficult to make it up and down the ladder that is the only entrance to the lab. Truth or lie? Lie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Can Halcyon start getting a, a feeling of a connection of these vacant stairs on these elderly people that maybe they did go down there? I'll <laughs> <laughs> say you don't have enough evidence to make a, a concrete connection, but potentially. Mm. Very well. Well, seems simple enough. Um, oh, before you go, are any of you... I did request from Verdir, but you know, just in case he forgot. Are any of you musically gifted? Um, We're actually a band. (laughs) 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 Call ourselves the Four Squeamsons. You may have heard of us. She clasps her hands together and claps. Oh, incredible. Then you will have no trouble opening the doors. What? Um... We we have minor musical talents, yes. Uh, Drea is a, a very talented singer, um, and I have recently, uh, after securing um, a, a music license, p- picked up a, a, an instrument. But what is what do we need to do to get through the door? Oh, if you have any musical knowledge, you won't find it difficult at all. I'm sure I would mm. hardly have to explain it to you. But please do not. just just to, just for our sakes. Oh, and. Do any of you speak Draconic? I would assume that you do, being that you're all citizens of Titan, but just in case. I I do, yes. Perfect. Then you will be fine. I trust... You know what? A lot of people... And she, like, like leans on her desk to try and look. It's like an average Joe. Or her interpretation of that. <laughs> look. I fucking love Lamtel so much. <laughs> Harris right now absolutely loves this character. I just want to spend like five sessions hanging out with that teller. A lot of people who find themselves in charge at Titan, you know, they really like to micromanage everyone. But that's not me, you know? That's not what I believe in. I believe that if you give people the goal and you let them do it their way, they'll figure it out. And they might even surprise you. They might do it a way that you hadn't considered. And you know what? And she like walks forward. Who's, uh, I think Squeeb's the closest. So she like squeezes your shoulder, Squeeb, and is surprisingly strong. Ow. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in all of you. And I wouldn't want to offend you by burdening you with too many details. Oh, that wouldn't offend us. Actually, details are, are like compliment, compliments to us. She laughs as if you've made a joke. <laughs> Yes, no, of course. We wouldn't need any details now. I wasn't Not joking. From a grand Pentor member. No, no. I mean, it's very like Usher squeeb back towards the door. We'll get this done. <laughs> like push squeeb closer towards the door. Okay. Is there nothing else while we are in your laboratory that you wish for us to? Oh. Do? If you don't need to open the door, maybe don't open the door. But that's about it. Of course. Of course. Well, um, it has been an honor and a privilege, uh, Pentorum and Belamtella. Oh, it has been a joy for me to meet such an eclectic little band. I, you know, you must give me tickets sometime. I will come listen to your performance. 
Yes, well, we're on a bit of a hiatus at the moment, but if we do ever reform, you will be the first in line for the best seats. Oh, good, because if I'm not the first, I will know. Indeed. I'll like bow and walk backwards out of the room, like head down full. Like really try not to stumble over anything. As you guys are exiting the room, she closes her hand into a fist, hits one of the pot plants, and a bunch of like golden shimmering pollen sprays out of the flower and she just starts huffing the air. Are we grabbing Crixia first and then figuring out what the fuck? Um, I'm going to be casting message this whole conversation um smart so what the fuck are we supposed to do <laughs> because <laughs> I mean the the thought that I had was freezing time going in there doing the thing coming out right but I don't think I can play the drums well enough to do the things that she vaguely mentioned and then also I don't speak draconic so I mean, we all kind of need to go down there. Squeeb, just just to like quickly, just, just run, just run it back in my mind. How dangerous is this? The Lanky, well, you know, um, Zulti, and they're in the arena, right? Yes. So, I mean, the spell that I cast on him worked and made him age, but he was also surrounded by Veil. And that's kind of what made him go insane. And how long for? Forever. No, <laughs> no. How long was he surrounded by Vale for? Um, I don't know. I kind of ran away. And that's when I shot up at your doorstep. Yeah, I'm just trying to ascertain, like, if there's an ability for us to kind of dip in, dip out. The only ability would be to freeze time and, like, do you speak Draconic Crixia? I I do not, no. I don't know how we're going to do this unless we just do it and deal with the consequences. Sorry, did you say that uh, while you guys were in the meeting, you were messaging Crixia the whole time or you were doing it as you left? Um, As I left, I would have, like, I would have started like as I left I would have started the message by filling you in with what happened uh, and what we need to do and then I would have messaged everyone um, and basically we're being able to have a conversation where we know people like we're just standing silently in the desert like maniacs basically (laughs) (laughs) like everyone else in this field (laughs) while they're having their little silent conversation could could Crixia call Corkatan? Yeah, for sure. Um, what is what does it look like? What what small slight ritual do you perform to contact Corkatan? Um, so Crixia hasn't stood up yet. She's still chilling with Forsyth waiting, you know. Um, but uh, as she's sitting there, um, she bows her head and does kind of, like some kind of like finger motions only, uh, and then. Like at the end, she kind of like runs her like palm to the side, like in a sweeping motion across her face, and like a smile, like kind of thing. Sick. Um, as you do so, there is a slight shift in the wind. The sand picks up, uh, and sitting next to you, 
there now is a swirling Kulkatan-esque form. Hello, old friend. It's nice to see you again in person. Look, especially considering the last time that we saw each other, things were pretty spicy. Well, you know, it's how life goes, yes? Uh, I I had a little bit of a question. Our next task is to go into this uh, horrific thing that we're all quite aware of the fact that it's, it is very dangerous for us to do so, and we will not come out to the same people. But for this task, we need to go in. Unfortunately, it's not just the two of us. We need the skills of the others. Is there anything that you could possibly do to shield us for a small amount of time to get this task done? I know that you studied the book. I wasn't entirely sure if uh, you gained any knowledge about it. There are... I mean, there are definitely a sort of tips and tricks in there. A lot of the stuff that I held on to was more of a defensive nature. So... Here's the thing. I don't know what I can provide as a sort of protection on you during your misadventure into this strange substance. But I could perform sort of a minor reset. Think of it as me sketching an image of your minds and then sort of superimposing that once you return. Does that make sense? Yes, that that does make sense to me. It's like... uh... Whatever happens in inside kind of gets washed away. Well, those will stay, but basically what I'm saying is any part that is damaged, any part that has changed in a negative way, I could, in theory, fix again. Um, I would require that your allies attune to an object or allow me to attune to an object more accurately, preferably something with uh, power that means I can maintain that connection and considering you know the way that our relationship and our conversations went that they might not be on board for that um, and again it, it is not a protection it is a how do I explain it I'm not giving you a shield I'm going to fix things when you come back uh, as best I can honestly it works for me uh, give me two seconds you guys are down at the bottom by now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Crixie will call everyone over and say in hush tone so that it doesn't have to be to squeeze and then the others in the back and, you know, that rigmarole. Um, Vil, it is not a foolproof plan, but I have spoken to you-know-who, and as much as we may not be protected going in, he has a way to uh, kind of do a reset when we come back out. But he has requested that there is a temporary atonement to him so that his magic will be able to reach you. But I am obviously not going to accept this on your behalf. Uh, that's a no for me. Um, Squinton. Um, <laughs> the little Squinton <laughs> illusion blips out of the book. Greetings, young how apprentice. Long, how long would someone need to be in the veil before... The effects are irreversible. Well, from the minor testing that I have done, the veil affects each individual differently. 
In theory, some could suffer permanent effects in as little as seconds, whereas others could potentially be unaffected for days. Are there any common variables like age or species, strength of mind? Species has an or incredible thing? effect on the veil. So a Bodian would likely be ex- afflicted in a similar way to another Bodian, whereas two orcs would be afflicted differently than a Bodian. Can you bring up a list of rough time estimates for each race that are in this in this little group here? This is purely hypothetical, based off of projections. I'm not an evil. I would never have actually tested this on anyone. I'm sure. But also I've met you, so not so sure. I'm unsure what you mean. Don't worry, just, um, if you could carry on with that request, that would be really helpful. You see, um, projected in place of this little illusion, you see lines and lines of very, very thin, like, arcane mathematics. Uh, roll me an arcana check. Can I help? All right. Can I, like, look at them and be like, ooh, data. Yeah, if, if Squeeb, if you're cool with Halcyon looking at this arcane math, he can definitely help you. Should we nerd out again, bruh? Um, <laughs> only the data, okay? Of course. Um, so, advantage? Uh, both roll. Yeah. Both of you roll. Okay. Uh, that is a 19 on Arcana for me. 15 for... Um, Halcyon, you can quickly tell that uh, because this is a basically a different avenue of magic, your understanding uh, only goes up to a certain point. You aren't really able to pass any new information. With a 19 squeeb, you can tell that what the illusion is saying, that there hasn't been a lot of testing done on this, is accurate. Um, but you can't really say how dangerous it will be or how long someone needs to be in it. So that was a waste of time. Great. <laughs> Does it give an estimate on who would be the most likely to get out of it fine? Does it give an estimate? The testing has been done exclusively on kobolds, dragonborn, and bodians. And out of the three, it would seem that, uh, again, these are projections but Bodians would be the least afflicted. Um, it seems like it's me, but yeah. This is, the skill. this is also based off of a sample size of three. This has only been tested on three individuals who were willing right. to volunteer to be tested. So basically that means nothing. Pretty much. Um, well, yeah, I mean... Any port in a storm, potentially there is a benefit to, uh, yeah, to having your whatever look out for us. Uh, but also as well, if Lamb Talith says that it's safe, no, no, I know that you they know were lying. That... I know that they were lying. <laughs> oh, mm. It's just I'm really trying to figure out a way that it doesn't have to be me because I don't want to do it. 
but it very much seems like it's I have all the abilities that make that possible. <laughs> I also speak draconic. Attuning to Kukatan, does that affect a magic item in any way? Well, if it works like mine, it makes it magical. But you can choose what you give to him, if you'd like. Oh! I can uh, let you have a conversation with him. I have a dagger of many daggers that I would be willing to do this with. Oh, I forgot we had that, actually. That good could old, be a good idea. Yeah, good old bathroom dagger. What if we just, like... <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with a Look, Titan bathroom just... dagger. Never saw it coming. <laughs> it's my favorite cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make that. <laughs> I have to make that. Um, big swing here everyone look we have to assume Lamtel understands what this is and that they are practicing in some facet time magic correct do we just tell her that you know time magic no but I mean no no but, big, big, well, no, Halcyon, no. I understand it's a wild swing, but just like, let me just like talk this concept through. Okay, I'll let you waste my time for a few more minutes. Go on. Thank you, Squib. Creepsy walks away. I appreciate, I appreciate your candor. <laughs> if she is working on stuff with time magic, you might be able to gain some knowledge from her around it. And if we can acknowledge that we know it's dangerous and we know what she's working on, because I would assume it's somewhat secretive, uh, potentially she doesn't want the rest of the Pintorum to know if she's all the way out here doing her test. I doubt that many of them would come out here. Maybe there's a, I don't know, a potential that you could create some sort of arcane relationship, grow your own skills. From what I've heard... The rest of the Pentorum have refused meetings with Lemtelleth. But oh. that is rumor. Okay. Damn it. I was gonna just, you know, tell him to fuck off, but now you've given this story a little bit of credibility. I'm, I'm considering it. It Look, is I... a matter of your own safety, Squeeb. If you are willing to take the risk that Lamtalith might use this against you, as opposed to helping you in any way, that is up to you. I can't risk this book getting into anyone's hands, so I... I don't, we don't have to bring up the book. We don't have to acknowledge the well, book Well, that's the thing. If she asks me how I do time magic, or even asks me to prove that I can do time magic, I need the book. We could say the Astrologer's Guild taught you true and we could say we won't do time magic because then more veil might happen and we don't want to do that in your pretty lovely little outfit mm -hmm. 
I'm mean, just, it's just an idea. I'm just saying because currently the idea is walking into a death cloud, and, and that, I feel like, or signing a deal with, I mean, Crixia. I don't. Oh, she's walked off. I don't mean to cause offense, Crixia, but oh, uh, she is nowhere know. close for you to call out to. <laughs> he, he calls out and then realizes she's too far. So I was like, nah, okay. I'm, I'm not, not sure if I'm comfortable painting a target on the backs of people we don't know. If we're worried about Squeeb's safety for time magic, then I'd be worried about then Talith going after seemingly, as of right now, innocent people. I mean, they're not so innocent. They want my book, too. Mm. All they said is that they want to share magic. I don't think it was share, it was... Oh, it was. They said they wanted to share and practice all kinds of magic together. I'm saying, if you are going to choose to share magic with someone, surely you want to do it with one of the more powerful people in the entire country. Um, there's a potential there, you know, you get doors would fly open at the magic school, I'm sure. There'd be lots more opportunity for growth and understanding. Um, also, as well, if the Astrologers Guild know about time magic, maybe it's not as rare as you think it is. You haven't really explored too they much. They don't really that. know about time magic. They just know that this kind of magic is a magic they haven't seen before and they want to learn it hmm well while they're discussing this can Crixia go study the door yeah uh, without getting too close you see that it is a simple hatch um if the hatch itself is pretty basic pretty standard um on inspection it looks like it's it's more like a giant block of sandstone that has um like a metal chain attached to it so it can be lifted up and out and beneath that you assume is the lab you also can't get so too close because it. it is dead center of the uh, it is basically right in the center of this cloud I mean, I'm protected, because obviously I've made that deal. Um, she'll continue studying the door, um, reasonably staying away from the veil, just waiting for these idiots to decide what they're going to do. Trio will... Thank you, <laughs> Yeah, because everything you just said, Halcyon, totally smart. Trio's going to stick her hand out uh, to Squeeb. Just give me the dagger. But it's my dagger. Do you want to go into the veil? Are you offering? We all need to go into the veil, is what I'm trying to say. Do we? With the, with whatever cool Katan's just offered, I can speak Draconic and I have musical ability. If you guys are going to sit here, give me the dagger. There you go. Are you sure? Like, let's, I know we need to move quickly here, but like, are you sure? As much as my life is dedicated to surviving long enough to get my children back, I would rather risk this bit of danger with added benefit from Kulkatan than paint a target on a group of people that I know nothing about. So... Everybody in the desert is just trying to survive. And she'll walk towards Crixia. (laughs) 
Bill, hello. Can I attune this dagger to Kulkatan? Uh, yes, uh, of course. And Krixie will call Kulkatan again for Tria. Tria, you hold the dagger out, and then uh, the whole time you've been able to see him, Krixia, but this time, Tria, you watch as the sands lift, swirl, and now holding the other end of the dagger is Kulkatan. Um, in this quick moment, Kulkatan flashes into pl- into being, lets go of the dagger, and says, Oh, a rather simple uh, gesture. Uh, it is done. And so this will... So... You can reverse... How, what is your, on a scale of, of one to ten, how familiar are you with magic? Zero. <laughs> okay, so, basically, I will look at uh, how everything is now. Where you will go, you will come back, and I will try to put the things that have changed back to the way that they were before you left. Okay. Just to, not for you, Kulkatan, but she'll, like, turn to the rest of the group. Just to run over this plan again. I need to open a magical door with music. I need to speak Draconic for some vague reason. And how do I turn these things back on again? There's two levers. Uh, I believe on the fourth and fifth floor uh, that Uh, you have to... I thought it was fourth, left, and right. Yeah, fourth, left, and right. Sorry, it's fourth. uh, On the fourth floor, on the left and right, there are a large lever that you pull uh, near these fans, supposedly. Apparently, they look like a collection of of swords that move air around. Okay, so fourth level, two levers, pull them, get out, I assume is the general thing, including the music and draconic. Uh, that is everything that Squeeb relate to me. Which, uh... Squeeb, I do not know how your message works. Are we going to stay in touch with you while we go, or...? As long as you're 120 feet away, you get his gold. I suppose we'll see how deep this lab goes. <laughs> yep. Um, hmm. Uh... Uh, Crazy will really... walk over and open the door. Don't die, please. I'm not planning on it. Um, This time. (laughs) Sorry, that was a reference for the games. In case you guys didn't (laughs) didn't get it. (laughs) Thank you, Squeeb. Um, If you have to explain the joke, Squeeb, it's not usually a good joke. But anyway, it's a tense time at the moment. I didn't say it was a joke. I said it was a reference. That's true. I apologize. Uh, so it's just Tria and Crixia entering the cloud? I guess so, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, as Tria and Crixia enter the cloud, it is almost refreshing. There is like a, a, the second you enter, you feel the heat sort of sap away, um, to a completely neutral kind of numb. It's so much more comfortable than you are used to in the deserts of Boaha. 
And that's the only thing you feel. Uh, Tria's gonna be very fast. I don't know if uh, being a rogue could do very much with that. You can but, double uh, dash. Yeah, she's gonna be just like dashing. She she just she wants to get in and out as quickly as possible. All right, you guys head over to the large sandstone block that blocks the entrance to this place. Uh, I need you to both roll me an athletics check, and I will add your totals together. Great, swimmingly. Uh, twenty-two. Fuck. Uh, with a total of 26 I'm afraid you're going to need a little extra strength to lift this block as you remain in the cloud your bodies stop sweating um, and the sweat starts to cool as you are out of the heat of the Puaha sun you said there was a chain right yep that is right yeah, Squib will just continuously be um, casting message as they're down there. Um, yeah, Tree is just going to be trying to describe what is happening. Uh, for um, this can probably be cut out. Um, for expediency, Squib, there is no point where they will be out of range of your spell. So moving forward, once they get inside, you can keep talking to them as if you were with them. Sweet. Could I just attack the chain? Heck yeah. Roll to hit. Um, while he's doing that, Halcyon's just going to spend this time like studying this cloud up close and personal. Just going to like start taking notes, figuring out, doing just like generic scientific study on it because he's Squeeb. never hung around one for this long. Yeah, Squeeb will do the same, but he will be in the book asking Squinton to bring up everything he has on Vale. Uh, both Halcyon and Squeeb roll me, uh, perception checks. Uh, what'd you get on your attack roll, Crixia? 19. 19? It is easy to hit this chain. You light it up, you strike with your staff. As you hit the staff, the staff starts to, like, reverberate from hitting the metal. Uh, you can tell this chain is not made of any regular metal. It's made of, uh, something much harder than baseline iron or steel. Um, and it's probably because if this chain ever broke, it'd be almost impossible to get this block up. So it's made of something very, very strong. Uh, what did I get on those perception checks? Twenty uh, natural one. <laughs> Twenty-four. <laughs> Halcyon, oh, Twenty-three. Halcyon, your mind is all consumed by this strange substance. Uh, Squeeb, you are looking at the veil. You start to like pace around it to see if it looks different from any other angle, to see if it's affected by. Um, sort of the light, the shadows around you. And as you move around, you can see that Lamb Talith is steering out the glass, watching you guys. Uh, the chain, so is it, quick describe for this, like, block to me again. Is it, like, touching floor? Is it, like, hanging? The block is, like, flush with the floor. So the only part that's above the the actual um, red rock is the chain itself. Could could we try to use like leverage to try again? 
this block has been it's a good idea but the block has been cut so that it is almost flush with the stone around it Uh, not a whole fucking lot. Uh, if Tria does turn into a bear, can I shenanigan her basically just tackling into this rock? Uh, with, like, her weight as opposed to... I'll say the, the extra mass, what, what you would gain from the extra mass would be undone by the fact that you can't really, like, hook under the chain anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well... Uh, there's not... They've got to return outside and find something to do, because they're just standing here doing nothing. Um, is there... Is this This is the only way through? Is this the... Uh, as far... Can... For all the information you've been given, this is the only entrance and exit. <laughs> all the information's on the task. <laughs> Any... Any of the available squares. <laughs> Can Tria just try and roll some kind of insight or perception just to see if there's anything else possible before they can just before they need to just exit the building? I think an an investigation check would give you more information here. Okay. Fifteen. This task simply seems like it requires uh, a lot of people or a beast of burden cool um <laughs> I know that cool katana is just sand but can cool katana give us a hand uh like is there some kind of magical bullshit that he can do would you like to ask him yeah Okay, what do you say to Cool Katan? You and Crixia can just see him. He's kind of just standing there with his arms crossed. I know that you are some kind of sand thing, but you are magic, correct? Is there anything that you can do to help us through this? Well, I can see how you would assume that, but I I think I explained last time, my magic acts through items. Uh, I myself cannot touch this thing at all. I can Is barely move this sand. Can do, anything that you can do to Crixia's weapon or this weapon that can help us? I have granted a great amount of magic through Crixia's weapon uh, because we have known each other for some time. Um, there's nothing I can do to move a block. It Again, it kind of harkens to the fact that I have incredible power but at the same time can barely affect the world. Great. Well, I think we need to head back outside, Crixia. We're just, we're not going to get through this alone. If you would like, and she'll follow. The second you emerge from the veil, the heat hits you. I keep forgetting how hot it is in the desert. Ah. Um, Done already. Do they look know. visually different when they exit? Uh, nope. Look exactly the same, except now they're in color. They're no longer monochromatic. We haven't succeeded in much. The first obstacle was uh, too heavy for us to deal with just the two of us. We need to 
find something. Did you try? What is the obstacle? Tria will explain the rock. And with, oh! Uh, did you try, like, singing to it or speaking to it in Draconic? No. Ah. Uh. I couldn't really see much magic about it, but I could guess I could go back in and try. It just seemed like a rock that needed strength, but I will figure it I out. I mean, I, I don't really know. It seems... <laughs> Lamteleth was purposefully vague, just said music and draconic were kind of all we need. Maybe try singing in draconic. Do you feel okay? <laughs> uh, I feel fine so far. I just didn't want to be in there for too long. Mm. Um, Good sign. Without an idea. Can Tria go back in and start singing in draconic? <laughs> yeah, for sure. You uh, walk back into the cloud. Again, that comfortable numbness hits. It's like, uh, it's refreshing. It's like a day shower. Um, it feels so much better to be in the fog than it does to be out of the fog. Um, you begin singing in Draconic, which I assume is something you haven't done a lot. Um, I think she performs one Draconic song a month, just in case there's patrons in there, just in case there was patrons inside the Purple Worm that requested it. Yeah, you have like a few bars of the the Titan National Anthem ready to go. Um, you throw them out, and there seems to be no effect. It looks like this uh, block is entirely a physical device. Um, She's going to rush back out again I don't think this is the magical singing draconic door that she was talking about um, before Grixie leaves how how far is it from the door to where Squeeb, Halcyon and Forsyth are uh, if they're standing right at the edge of the cloud it's probably from the edge of the block to the edge of the cloud it's probably about 15 feet so they'll be just beyond that. Because it's a 20-foot radius. Yeah, so 15 feet from the edge of the block to the edge of the cloud. Okay, so... Crixie doesn't follow Trier immediately, because it takes it takes Crixie a lot longer to think things through. Um, but we'll tie a rope to, like, where the chain is, and then carry the rope back out, like, pulley-style to the guy's... Could we tie this to Forsyth and then make him move? We we can try. Uh, roll me a anyone who's involved in in this idea. Roll me an intelligence check. Oh no! Can I not? <laughs> Mouse. This is the most classic D and D meme of like the biggest problem is the front door. Um, Squeeb is going to uh, walk to the edge of the... If, if Squeeb walks to the edge of the cloud, can he see this block? Yeah. For sure. He's going to cast Shatter on it. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Squeeb, you walk up, you cast Shatter, a spell designed specifically to destroy inanimate objects. As you do so, there is a thunderous blast that could probably be heard all the way to the edge of these fields of cacti 
And as it does, the sandstone block crumples into dust and just falls through. This is a lot of veil. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, looking at it doesn't change my understanding of it at all. It's just, just if anything, it just makes me more scared because I don't understand it. But something I do understand is that you should follow us on our socials, Lost Cause Pod, or across all socials. Send us an email, lostcosepod at gmail.com, and join our Discord. Get in on the ground floor before it blows up, because it will. Get Riz Berillion to assign your gender. It's very, very fun. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>